This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and Tim Barley. We each serve in different roles at Valley Bible Church. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Okay, welcome to another episode of Behold. I think this is episode number 60. We're getting up there, guys. Oh, I thought it was episode 1000. That's how much, that's what it feels like. Well, I'm sure that all of you listening are going to be there for episode 1000 also. Oh, yeah. This is Sean and Dan. And man, this is crazy. We actually flew someone back. We recalled them all the way from the Middle East this week just for this podcast. His name is Reverend. We're an international show. We're, we're, we're a big time international show here. So. Reverend Tim Barley, say hi. Marhaba. Oh, wow. Oh, wait. Is that, wait, so wait, what language is that? It's Arabic. Arabic. Wait, teach us how to say it. What does it say? Mahaba. 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 Oh, boy. <laughs> is it pretty good? What, what, is that, is what does that mean? Does that mean good? like, what's up? Howdy. Howdy. Oh, okay. I love good. that. So, good. Tim, tell you, 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 for those who didn't know, Tim was in Iraq last week. And tell us why, because some might assume you were just wife hunting or something, but what were you doing out there? Unbelievable. I feel like I am just a sitting duck whenever I come on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, was it like was it like a mail order bride type of situation? Oh my <laughs> goodness! Can you? This is going to be edited, right? Oh, we'll see. Oh yeah, we'll yeah we'll cut all the fat out. Huh? Wink, so wink, cough, okay, cough. Yeah. I was over there for eternal business. Thank you, uh, from our Savior God. Uh, we have a we have a global mission partner, Fadil, Iraqi brother who pastors a church that we have been supporting for years, and so uh, they've not been able to see any of us since COVID started, and so we like to go over at least once a year and just see what's going on, encourage them, uh, share, help them raise up leaders, go out and share the gospel to some of the folks that he ministers to, and. They were so excited that, that we came over. I went with Mustafa, who is an Iraqi brother here in our church family, and he is my trusty friend and interpreter. Hey, what's what's Mustafa's last name, by the way? Because I feel like he's he's like a he's like reached diva status where where we only refer to him by his first name. It's like Whitney or uh, you know or Batman. <laughs> Celine. No, what is his last name? Because we we never say it. Uh, it starts with an A. <laughs> Mustafa, if you're listening, send us a voice memo of your we full name you. so we, we can put it on the show. Know Ali, say, we Ali, need to know how to say hello, Ali? and we need to know how to say your last name. Alifa? No, I don't remember. It's, okay, it's close. It's good. We we know who you're talking about, but I'm just curious. Anyway, keep going. In a way, Sorry. it's so beautiful that we're just so close with Mustafa that we never even use his last name. He's just a brother we to it. us. We don't need yeah. it. Fluff. Anyways, man, so that's cool. Uh, Dan, I think you have a question for Tim or maybe two questions about his trip, huh? Yeah, yeah. So I obviously we could go on and on and on about all the cool things that happened. And for those of you that have not been aware of this, we have um, Tim has been writing some journals of his missionary journey. And uh, you can see that at vbc.online slash missions, right? Si, senor. Yeah. So if you really want to dig in deep, we encourage you to go check that out. But I just thought for the purposes of today, fun a fun story or or a silly moment you know whenever we travel especially abroad uh you know i've always found that there to there to be these little funny things that just make you chuckle or or surprising you know memorable moments so share share one of that and then also okay follow up question mm-hmm. something meaningful like your your top favorite moment that 
you saw God do something really cool. So, mm-hmm. you know, one mm-hmm. and two, give it to us. Yeah, yeah. So we arrived in Iraq and our bags didn't. So that was not good. So we went to the 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 folks who you talk to when you lost your bags <laughs> and the folks that deal with the public. And so they said, oh, no, you lost your bags. I said, well, uh, they tracked it and they said, oh, you know, we think we know where it is. And it, this was on a Saturday. They said, it'll be here by Tuesday. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. There we go. So... We're like, okay. And so they said, so uh, come back Tuesday. Well, it's a six-hour round-trip drive from where we are. And I'm thinking, now back in the States, they give you a little little dock kit, you know, with shampoo. Sure, and, sure. and they give you some money to go buy some fresh undies or whatever, you know. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Wow, like, I mean, Sorry. not even a handshake, you know, just like, so we'll see you uh, in a few days, you know, and you're on your own. So we're like, okay. And, you know, there's no, there's no place to really go and talk to anybody about that. It's like, <laughs> you can't complain to management right, or whatever. Right, right, right. So I'm, I'm also like, guessing they don't have a target or anything like that where you can just go pick up the essentials. N- n- no, they have a bazaar, um, which, which we went to. We, and my friend Daoud took me and Mustafa on a little shopping spree to buy a, a couple things. So anyway, we did Tuesday. We did the six-hour round trip, you know, ride, drive back to Erbil, and we get there, and it's it's a it's a major undertaking to get to the main terminal because you have to go through all these checkpoints, and it's just tricky. So we finally get there, and I don't know if you guys if you, well you guys have flown internationally. You know, you you go through passport control and customs, and then these these magical doors slide open, <laughs> yeah. and you go through there, and then you know I've made it through. Yeah, you yeah. Know. So so we were on that side, the other side of those magical doors, and there's no one there telling us what to do. So we just wait till the doors open, and we run in, and I'm like. We're gonna get shot. This is we don't you don't do that. You know, I'm That's just following true. Mustafa and he just walks right through the you know the the doors oh where the, where all the security guards are and everything and said so like whoa whoa what are you guys doing and and so Mustafa you know communicates and he goes oh you know I'm assuming this is what he's saying of course <laughs> you know we we're here to pick up our bags and so we had you know our paperwork and everything and he looks at it and he goes okay okay you know you can go so we're like okay well that wasn't too bad so we start walking I get about. 10 feet and the guy's like stop and we stop and he goes come back here and so we go back there oh my gosh and he starts pointing at our feet and we 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 usually had on long pants and and close toed shoes the whole trip for this drive we just had on short it's 100 degrees outside right <laughs> we had on shorts and flip-flops and he goes you can't you can't come in here you have on flip-flops oh my gosh and so we're like we just drove, you know, three hours here. We're driving three hours right. back. And so he's like, no, you can't go. And Mustafa is like just going back and forth with him. And he is not going to let us go. He's like, you have to leave. You have to leave. You have to leave. And I'm like, are we going to have to go, go and buy shoes to come back and, and get in? And and so I'm just letting them go at it. And they're just going back and forth, back and forth. And finally, Mustafa pulls out his wallet and he pulls out a, a military ID card. And he goes, look, 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 I'm military, military. And then the guy's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And so wow. he said, like, go, go, go. And so we go and get the bags. And I'm like, 
And he was, we're walking. I'm like, I didn't know that you were in the Iraqi military. He goes, that's my American military card. That's, that's, that's not even for military. It's for someone who does, you know, contract work and it's expired. That's amazing, <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? So he's like, Hey, it worked. So we got in and got our bags and in our shorts and, and forbidden flip flops and, and got out of there. And it was quite the, quite the adventure. Wow. He played, he literally played his military card. He, he literally played it. And that's it amazing. Yeah. Do you guys ever think about like what, Paul and Timothy and the apostles, like as they're encountering like Romans out and about in various cities, if they had situations like this, we're like, oh, let me pull out this scribe that's expired from sort of thing and right. let us go and preach. <laughs> well, the irony was we're in there now getting our bags and I'm looking around at all these guys who have on the beautiful long garments that, you know, men in the Middle East wear mm-hmm. and flip flops. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I'm like, Okay, I don't really understand it, but that's just the way that it goes. I'm glad you. I'm glad you weren't, uh, you know, executed on the on the spot. Yeah, that's I know, that's good. I know, I know. Okay, so tell us something meaningful. What what was what's what's your favorite kind of memory of, of ministry that God did? Oh man, I, I I love going into the the camps, and the camps have been established by the Iraqi government and the UN to help house the Yazidi people who. Uh, during the the, the massacre uh, back in 2014, when ISIS invaded, you know their their homeland on Sinjar Mountain, and they fled, uh, you know they, they went to all different you know Iraqi cities, and and some of them fled the country. But uh, for those who landed in Zaho, which is the town where Fadil lives and where we were staying, they've they've put up these camps. Just a it, it, it's it's a sea a city of tents. Just side by side by side by side, and little little roads, you know, all through it, and just thousands of people who who are there, and and like I said, I I love going there because Fadil uh, has contacts there, people who he has been sharing the gospel with, who have committed their lives to Jesus, and they are always on the lookout for families who we can go and talk to, and share the gospel with, and pray over. And there's one family that we got to go to in Saba and and Layla and their two kids. And and Layla has a a, a debilitating back issue, we think. It may be be something else, but but she says the pain is manifested in her back. And so Mm -hmm. we went into their like living area and she's just kind of laid out on a bed that they have – put there for her. And so we, you know, heard the stories, you know, of what, what they've been through and they've just talked to so many people. And I, and I asked if, you know, she was on any kind of um, medication. And when I said that she looked at me and her husband goes and grabs three large garbage bags and literally dumps them at my feet. And there's a mound of pills and, potions and syringes. And I mean, thing, it was unbelievable, probably thousands of dollars, you know, worth of drugs and all kinds of things to, to, to give to her. And clearly she's n- not received relief. And, wow. and so they said, you know, we, we've been told about this opportunity and that opportunity. And so we just don't know how this can happen. You know, we just can't afford to fly all over the world. And, you know, all these, you know, there's an Indian doctor that said, I 99%, you know, 99% certainty that if you come and have this procedure that you'll be, you'll be healed and cured and all these other kinds of things. And so 
Finally, it gets to the end of our meeting and Fadil asks if I'll pray for, for her. And I said, absolutely. So I'm, I'm pausing before I pray. And they asked if I would go and, you know, lay hands on her. Mm. So I'm, I'm thinking, okay, I, I, I need you, Holy Spirit, to help me understand how to, how to pray. Just take over, take over, take over. Wow. And so um, I'm, I'm praying for, you know, Layla and, and we all know that, that God is more than capable, you know, of healing. And we know that he does heal, but we also know that people die, yeah. you know, um, and that, and that <clears throat> healing doesn't take place in the way that we see, you know, the, the way that we want it to, the way that the, in the, in the timing that we like for it to all those kind of things. Wow. And so I, 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 prayed that that God would be merciful that would he would heal um that he would you know that he would allow her to be relieved from this this pain but I also prayed that we don't know how things are going to work out what what God's timing is in matters and and what his purposes may be but we do know this we we do know this that when we put our trust in Christ whatever we may endure on this side of eternity will be worth it in comparison to what we receive when we stand before our God and King, when, when, when we realize it was worth it. It was yeah, worth it, whatever yeah. we're called on to endure, no matter how grueling it may be. And so I'm, I'm praying through this, and, and, and I finished praying, and the, the Sava, the husband, you know, is very emotional, you know, Leila's very emotional. We're all, you know, hugging and, you know, everything, and, and we leave, and Fadil tells me, you know, other people have come in and prayed for her and they've said things that have just made me just, just so Cringe, like cringy, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And, and, and he said, they've, they've said things that, that have not happened. You know, they've prayed yeah. for things that, that have not happened as if they were going to happen. Oh. And, and, and it has caused, you know, these folks have not yet asked Christ, you know, to, to be their, their Lord. And so his, his gratitude was thank you for being faithful to pray the truth of God's word, the truth of what, what we know to be real, that God can heal, does not always heal in the way we, we, we want him to, when we want him to. And that these people now understand things that they perhaps have not been able to understand before. So just be praying for Saba and for, for Layla as they just navigate through all of this, the, the physical for sure, but also these spiritual revelations that God is providing for them about the hope in Jesus. Wow. And thank you so much for sharing, Tim. And, yep. and thank you and Mustafa for, for going and, and on our behalf. We all can't go, but we can we can support and pray and be encouraged by the good reports. So thank you so much for being faithful to go. And man, we're just excited to, to see how God continues to, um, move in that region. So thank you. Yeah, that's amazing, Tim. Um, and ju- just to clarify, you didn't find a wife on this trip? <laughs> People want to know. People, hey, we've been getting, uh, you know, qu- inquiries. Okay, check this out. Oh, he's oh, ringless. Yeah, there's no ring. There's no All ring. Right. All right, so still in the yeah. market, y'all. Um, but hey, I mean, I love hearing that. And it's really encouraging just to hear you talk about, yeah, the healing might not happen right now if we want it to. I think a lot of you listening, maybe you have similar situations, you know, loved ones sick or whatnot. 
But the beautiful thing is just the eternal hope that we have in Christ that comes from our union with Christ, which is really fitting as we're going to be talking about that today. Charlie mm-hmm. on Sunday reminded us uh, during this review and use week of the Second Timothy series of just the many, many ways that as followers of Christ, now we're enabled and equipped and freed up to, to do life truly in Christ. I thought it was just a beautiful reminder and um, in a lot of different ways. So Dan and Tim, as you guys are listening, what are some of the first things that kind of stuck out to you or you thought about as you're listening to Charlie? Yeah, man, I, <clears throat> the, the thing that, that was so good for me, you know, just to hear right off the bat is just uh, his, his point number two, just about, about our, this new self identity that we have. Uh, and he, he brought in so many great passages that, man, just define this reality for us that um, we, we've, we've died with Christ and we've been raised with Christ. And so it, it's as if we, we experience all the benefit um, and all the, um, the power mm. of, of Jesus's death and resurrection because of our faith in him. Be, you know, we're unified into that. We're, we're baptized into that. We're immersed into that. And man, I just loved, I love Charlie's, um, you know, example of, of his friend, Charlie, who went and studied Spanish in that immersion program. And we've heard of that kind of a thing where you, you just get totally surrounded and enveloped and brought into a culture or a language or, uh, or maybe something else you're learning. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people, uh, when they go learn, you know, maybe they're an engineer and they need to go learn about this new product that that this com- their company's making and they just, you just dive into it all the way and absorb it all the way. And man, I just, that was so, um, you know, helpful and really a powerful imagery for, for me to see. And, and so just all the implications of that, that we have now we have this new life in Christ and we, and we, we can grow and we can, um, have a have a union with each other in the body of Christ, and so that whole section there was really I- impactful for me. And yeah, just I don't know, like that's one of the things that that I think about a lot. Just is the the testimony of people that have put their faith in Christ and the transformation that they've experienced, and the the purpose and identity and and hope, and just the, their whole entire life takes on this new, um, purpose and focus. And, um, to me, I, I just love, I love seeing that. And, and even as we've, as we've kind of come back together in a lot of ways, we're starting to see, you know, people for the first time since, since the, the, the lockdown and, and we're, we're starting to kind of move forward and, and, and see what God has for us. I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but, you know, <clears throat> just hearing, hearing people, share what God's been doing in their lives and in their families and in their workplaces and how God's provided for them. And just, there's so many amazing testimonies. And, and as we're coming together now, we're starting to see those more. And so that's what it made me think of when Charlie was walking through that. And I loved it. it was super encouraging. Yeah, I, I totally, totally agreed, Dan. And just kind of teeing off that, you know, his first point uh, was this idea of God's eternal plan included our union with Christ. And for me, I, I just got hung hung up on that for a while as I was listening to him. And I thought about just worldview implications mm-hmm. from that. 
because it just reminded me of the the validity that that statement provides for so many confusing you know questions you know and, and we've talked about this before but it reminded me that that you know because of the fall of humanity you know all people are born into a state of confusion in regard to their purpose and identity. You were just saying that, Mm -hmm. Dan. All of us, when we're born, we're born into a state of confusion about our identity and our purpose. You know, why are we here? Who are we? You know, those those kind of ideas. Some of us are, are born into godly families, and they instill these godly truths, these godly realities, you know, into us. And we grow up knowing this is my purpose. This is my, you know, identity. Will I embrace that or will I not? Well, that depends. Hmm. Other people just kind of grasp at whatever feels, you know, right in the moment. And and that's becoming more and more widespread. Anything's an option now. You know, just whatever I want to grab hold of is this is my purpose. This is my identity. Or maybe my identity changes from, you know, day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year, whatever. And man, I just sat there and was just praising God for this confidence and reassurance that we can have in the in the authority that he gives us in regard to purpose and identity in Christ when we place our trust in him repent and and just say you're mine you know you mm. you, you are mine i am yours i trust you show me let me let me experience the fullness of this purpose and and identity and just watch what it does oh, that's so good wow. man it's really fitting just i feel like and we talk about this a lot on the podcast obviously but just this idea of identity and where people are placing their worth with identity. And I think it really ties in well with, with the idea of being in Christ. And Dan, you brought up a great article um, before the podcast that talks about reality. Um, I don't know if you guys listening, follow the gospel coalition, but they put out articles and share them regularly. And they just did one that talks about the idea of, of do we follow narratives or do, or are we committed to, biblical reality. And especially in this last year, I think a lot of us have kind of seen some of these trends with these different world events that have happened. And with each one of these huge things, inevitably two different narratives end up popping up. And then all of a sudden it becomes an identifier. Oh, do you fit this narrative or this narrative? And where do you stand on this issue? And sadly, we're totally placing identity inside of these narratives instead of identity in Christ. That's why it's so beautiful to me when someone asks about this kind of stuff. Masks, vaccines, BLM, whatever. It doesn't matter what narrative you personally subscribe to. It's so beautiful when someone says, yeah, you know, I appreciate this or I don't appreciate this, but it doesn't matter because I love Jesus Christ. I know you love Jesus Christ. You know, that's such an opportunity to demonstrate being in Christ. But I don't know, do you guys, have you guys seen that trend as well in this last year regarding narratives? Yeah, absolutely. And and we'll link this article in the show notes, but just to, to pull out a couple points from it. So it's, you see how kind of insidious it is and how it, it really sucks us in, you know? Um, and you just, he, he gives this, uh, the author gives the, these, these reasons why 
we are drawn in by, by narratives. And he says, you know, we're too overwhelmed, right? There, there's, we're so busy. We're so, uh, our bandwidth is so, you know, restricted with just all kinds of information hitting our brain. It's, it's an endless barrage. And so when we hear a story that, that kind of makes us feel a certain type of way, or it reinforces something that we, we think or believe, um, you know, it, we can put, we can put it away in this tiny little box, you know? It, oh, well this, this narrative, this story is proof of that. Right. Um, the other reason is we're, we're, we're not patient <laughs> where narratives are faster. So, mm. you know, when a breaking news event happens, um, all of a sudden this narrative machine kicks in and, and we can, we can kind of find whatever evidence quote unquote that we want, um, you know, to, 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 that supports kind of how we feel about something. Right. And then the last reason is we're, we're self-absorbed, which <laughs> man, that's, that's a tough, tough truth to, to hear, but narratives serve us, right? It's very tempting to, 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 um, kind of control, uh, and be right. And so, um, really what I think the call for us is as the church is, is to do the hard work of like getting to the bottom of whatever it is that is true and real. And, um, it makes me think of what Jesus said about, uh, you know, he, he's like, if anybody, um, hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, it'll be like the smart, wise man who builds his house on a solid rock. Mm. And when all this craziness happens, you know, winds and storms and rain, when it happens, that, that house is going to, is going to, it's going to hold, it's going to stay in place. And he says on the flip side, if you, if you don't base your life on these realities that I'm laying out for you, they're right there for you. If you don't base your life on these realities, well, you're going to get tossed. You're going to get when, you know, it's like building your house on the sand and it's going to collapse. It's going to fall. And everybody's going to see it's going to be this calamity. And, you know, that makes me think of what you were saying, Tim, is like we we get tossed to and fro if we don't have this solid rock to, to cling to. And I'll, and I'll just read a quote from the article. It says, the church is well positioned to be one of the clearest defenders of reality in a world of narratives because we have the foundation of truth, scripture, and we have the truth that liberates Jesus Christ. This is the one entirely true narrative, the narrative that doesn't just spin reality, but establishes criteria for evaluating reality and a lens for illuminating it. Mm. Um, and so just, I just love that call for us. And, and I love what Charlie did for us on Sunday, because all of these statements that he brought from scripture, they're real, they're tangible. We can sink our teeth into them. We can bank on them. So, um, yeah. What do you think about, about all that, Tim? Yeah. As you're, as you're talking, Dan, I, I, you know, thinking about this idea of a, of a, of a spectrum, mm. you know, and on one end of the spectrum, you know, we've got reality on the other end of the spectrum, just to be blunt, we've got insanity. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So we've got reality and insanity. Yeah. Okay. And then we've got these narratives that try to play between those two ends of the spectrum, right? Because you know, if if you if you go too far, you know, to the to the you know side of insanity, you know, then then your your readers, your viewers, your listeners, you know, are going to you know dump it. Yeah. Um, and 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 again, reality isn't always comfortable for people. 
you know, especially when we're talking about God's reality. And so that's why the, the narratives are very interesting because they they kind of say, okay, we we don't want to completely, you know, be at that end of the spectrum where where where, where God's raw, you know, truth is because people by nature don't want to. It's tough. It's exactly tough. we're going to lose people exactly. Yeah. And you know, God wants us to take sin seriously, Hmm. you know, not to play patty cake with it, you know, not to, you know, just brush it off. He wants us to take it seriously. Obviously he wants us to take his love seriously too. And his grace seriously too. We we can't just do one or the other though. We have Hmm. to do it all, you know? Yeah. Um, so the, the narrative packet, it, it, it packages this message in a way that becomes even more deceptive, um, because it, it is moving away from reality, but when you stand back and look at it, you're like, this is, this is moral insanity. You know, it's, yeah. this oh, is, yeah. this is craziness. And, and that's where we see a lot of, a lot of these kind of issues going. And that's, I love that spectrum, truth and insanity. Um, but man, I just, I feel like even, I appreciate what you said to him that even I feel like in the, the church community and church world, Narratives can be so sneaky in how they're packaged, you know, yep. and churches can respond to narratives in in unwittingly submissive ways. You know, an example of this, um, there is a narrative, and there still is, but at one point it was a really hot topic. Maybe it will become more and more hot as the time goes on, but, you know, homosexuality and Christians. You know, there's a narrative out there, Christians hate gays, right? You hear that a lot. And unfortunately, maybe for some people it's true, but overall, no, if you love Jesus Christ, you should not hate gay people. But anyways, all these churches, because of this narrative, are then responding to it with an almost equally false narrative of, no, no, love is love. Everyone's welcome. We don't have to address this. It doesn't matter if you're gay. Jesus loves you. Come, come to church and we'll never address that, you know, which of course, everyone is welcome. Of course, Jesus did die for you and loves you, but for a church to then respond to that in this way where they're unwilling to stand upon truth on any sin issue, you know, right now it's homosexuality, but it could be Mm -hmm. anything for them to be unwilling to stand on that because they're fearful of this narrative out there and they don't want to get canceled as a church, man, it's so deceiving. And these churches are making decisions that they think are in doing the pursuit of what's caring for these people. But at the end of the day, they're doing the same thing. They're submitting to a narrative in response to culture instead of, like you said, you point out in the article, Dan, just being obsessed with and so just committed to biblical truth and reality and what that means for us. Yeah. And we're in, there's kind of the, the prevailing wisdom of the world right now is, you know, holding up feelings and preferences as, you know, the highest moral authority as opposed to reality and and facts and, and this truth that there is, um, there is someone, someone who sits, uh, and rules and reigns over all of creation and is supernatural is, is, is outside of, you know, what we, um, I don't know, kind of what we, what we see in the natural world. Right. And when we create a society that 
is not factoring him into life. That's, that's where we're going to run. We're going to, we're going to see, um, these decisions about reality, um, and narratives based on just how we feel, you know, and, and in a lot of ways, when it comes to sexual orientation and gender identity, you know, we, we may feel a certain type of way about it. We may feel, um, man, this, we may empathize and, and, and hurt for someone who is, is dealing with those issues. And we may, I think we should, you know, have a loving response and say, man, like we're all broken in some way. We're all, uh, even, even sexually broken and we're all confused and we're all struggling with things that our heart, our hearts want that are contrary to God. We all struggle with that, but we, we can't just forget about what Jesus teaches in his word. And we can't just forget about what scripture testifies to again and again and again. That's where we, we find our reality and that's what sets our worldview. And so I think it's helpful to talk about it in those terms and say, man, if someone asks me, well, what do you think about, you know, uh, the, the sexual, um, you know, stuff or the gender stuff, like we can, we can say, man, I hurt. I feel, I, I, this is personally what I'm struggling with. And, and it's, it's hard. I wish I could just say love is love and everyone can just, you know, I wish I could, I wish that's what, but that's not what, that's not what the Bible teaches, you know, and I've made a choice to ground my reality in what the Bible teaches. Man, that's so, which that but process you just did is such a beautiful example. I think that of doing that hard work, right? Like we just said, following the narrative is easier. And unfortunately it is harder you know, to, to stand on truth. But Jesus tells us that my way is the hard, you're going to be persecuted. There's going to be a hardship to choose truth. But man, I think more and more, especially with things like that, like with gender identity and sexuality, these are just going to become more and more pressing issues. And those of us with kids, our kids are going to have to deal with this. We're going to have to inform them as parents and yada, yada, yada. And so if you are unequipped to do that process, to investigate things in the Bible and hold some of these truths against reality and then discuss them, you're really going to be having a hard time down the road. So just be thinking about that a little bit as we continue on and process this. Like, how does that sit with you? Or do you feel like you're able to do that? Able to, like Dan said, totally in love, talk to someone about some of these harder and deeper issues. Um, and as you do that, kind of walk that line of caring for the person, but also being so committed to truth. Tim, were you going to say something? No, I was just going to comment on. Uh, yeah, yes, I was. <laughs> um, it is a podcast, so you yeah. do need to say things. Yeah, I know. I, know. Uh, <laughs> I was going to just comment on Charlie's second point that I think ties in well with what Dan was just talking about. That our union with Christ results in a new self identity, and 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 that's that's the disconnect for a lot of our friends who are not yet believers. You know, because their their thought is, I'm fine in my in my current self identity, mm. and you know that, and that's when we come back and say, I, I get it, I, I totally understand that. You know, because we're all born into a state of confusion in regard yeah. to identity and purpose, but we are convinced that the only identity and only purpose that that eternally matters is what Christ has to say about us, and that may be different than what we have to say about ourselves. And that's not easy for a lot of people to hear, mm-hmm. you know, because they're like, whoa, 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 why, why can't I determine my own identity, my own purpose, my own destiny? And we're like, well, because 
we're, we're, we're broken people back to what we keep talking about. Um, we, we are confused people and we don't always know what's best for us. Our creator always knows what's best for us, knows yeah. what's right for us, knows how he created us. And you have to determine whether or not he's trustworthy. We're, we're there. Yeah. You know, we were like, I like to say we're past the point of no return. You know, we are utterly convinced. And so when God says jump, we say, how high, you know, when, mm-hmm. when he says go, we say where, you know, we're, we're, we're that confident that he knows. Yeah. And Charlie, Charlie brought up first John five, 11 and 12. And this is just, it says this, this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. And if you have the the son, you have life. If you don't have the son, you don't have life. And that that phrase eternal life doesn't just talk about heaven and how our life, once we're un, unified with Christ through faith, will we're gonna have this eternal, we have this eternal destiny now where we're gonna be in the presence of God. And mm. and when we, when our time on this earth is over, that's not the end of the story for us. And that's true. And I think a lot of times that's where we where we our understanding stops of that phrase. But that phrase, so that phrase is um, quantitative in terms of life and, and the quantity of it, how long it's going to last, it's eternal, but it's also qualitative. And Charlie talked about that in a beautiful way on Sunday. He says, this eternal life is now, we, we're, we're experiencing a, a quality of life that is eternal. And that's where that that purpose and that hope and that mm. joy that that you were talking about, Tim, really yeah. comes into play. Yeah. And you know, we talked about this before on the podcast too. That whatever we give up to come to Christ, whatever we whatever we lose because of Christ, uh, it, it will pale in comparison to what we gain, you know, from Christ, right? And so, so there's this, um, there is a sacrificial laying down. I mean, that's when, when we put our faith in Christ, like we, we, we do lose some, some self identity. We do lose some aspect of ourselves that, uh, is, is important and, and it, it does feel like a loss, but this life that we'll have in Christ, this newness of life, it, it, it's, it, it far outweighs anything we would ever give up. Do you guys agree? Absolutely. And and we need to talk about that. Yeah. You know, the, the, again, the world should be irresistibly drawn to Jesus through us. You know, they should they should sense I want I want what those guys got. Yeah. You know, the way they live, the way they navigate, the way they They love each other. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It should be so obvious instead of saying, Why in the world would I want be a, a Christian, life, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah a yeah, life yeah. like that. Yeah, I think it's so, so hand in hand with this reality conversation, right? Like you said, Dan, it's like, yeah, eternity with Jesus. Amen. I can't wait for it. Take us home, Lord. But also now, like, man, the quality of life that we have now, I think sometimes we think about it or people can think about it in a way where it's like, oh man, there's a secret that you know that I can, if I tap into that secret, I can enjoy some benefits I didn't have before. But no, it's like, no, this is the way the world was meant to be. This is the way you were designed to be. This, this joy and freedom and peace was the way the reality was supposed to be happening, which reminds me of, um, you know, Piper's Desiring God. And it's just funny, we think about it, and sometimes we get in this mental space of like, oh, I shouldn't want this kind of delightfulness. I shouldn't want to desire 
this happiness so much or whatever that looks like for people. Cause we, we equate like play and fun and happiness and joy with, with those lesser things. But in reality, no, this level of intimacy and intimate hope and joy is the way that you were always meant to be doing life. And you've just been living in the dark. So again, just uh, even the way we talk about that, like you said, Tim, we don't talk about it enough. Even the way we talk about it of just, this is reality. This is life. This is my life. I've been transformed by Jesus and every day I'm going to live it out, which I think like, it, I think it speaks to just the danger of some of the trends we see in Western church culture of when people are kind of Sunday only Christians. It's not even just a passive, oh, you're not demonstrating the gospel, but it's like an active testimony against the transformative power of the gospel. You know, your neighbors look at you, yeah, they go to church on Sundays and then I see them the rest of the week. They don't look like they're having a, a eternal quality of life with, with their week, you know? So yeah. I think it's something to keep in mind is as you are being a Christian in the world, which you are, if you're listening and you love Jesus, then there is no, there is no middle ground. You know, you, you can't be, you can't have no impact on those around you. Either you're going to be salt and light to those around you, or unfortunately you're going to be a, a poor testimony for Christ. You're a poor witness to Christ. So be thinking about that with your attitudes and your actions of, of how of your, are you spreading the gospel? Are you impacting the kingdom in a beneficial way? Or unfortunately, are you turning people away and giving them a sour mouth, sour taste in their mouth with Jesus Christ? Mm, that's a sobering thought yeah. for us. Yeah. yeah and it, it really ties in well too with this point that Charlie brought up about growth that, uh, we, yeah, we do have this newness of life and we have this eternal quality and, and quantity of life, but that should also be, uh, we should be exhibiting that in an increasing ongoing manner in, in a growing kind of ma- manner. So we shouldn't be the men or women that we, uh, you know, today are today, like a year from now, we should be more like Jesus. We should be, you know, experiencing greater levels of, of God's glory in our life. And he, uh, he brought that quote from uh, systematic theology into his, um, his outline. And, and by the way, if you guys ever want to, if you, if you missed the, the message on Sunday or uh, you, for whatever reason, haven't looked at the message notes in a couple of days, they're always available at vbc.online uh, and just an incredible resource. The way our teaching team does these outlines, because you could pull them out of your drawer, you know, uh, three months from now, and you can experience incredible benefit. They're that clear. They're that um, chock full of biblical truth. So, but anyway, he gave us this, this quote, and he just talked about how all of our actions, everything we do in life can be done in Christ. And uh, Wayne Grudem gives us all of these uh, references where there's this powerful language about how we're living and that it flows from our union with Christ. So I'm curious how that, how that impacted you guys as you, as you read through that, um, that paragraph and just, man, was that, was that encouraging? Was that helpful? Um, how did that land with you guys? I was encouraged and convicted, you know, (laughs) it's kind of a reminder of, to what I was just talking about, of just like how all encompassing the idea of living in Christ really is. Cause it's not, again, it's not a Sunday thing. It's a life thing. Right. And so yeah, all our actions yeah. can be done in Christ. Yeah. So the idea that's, of like, that's heavy the idea of, yeah, worship God in Christ, you know, and love your neighbor in Christ. That's easy to think about a lot of times. But then when you really start going down the list and it's like, 
yeah, be encouraged, rejoice, agree with, stand firm, live good behavior, living life, confident, all these things. It's like, it just reminds you, oh man, this is like all encompassing or it should be. And then I think the convicting part is, well, maybe it's not for me all the time. And why is that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it reminds me of, oh man, something I heard years ago, you know, just this idea of priorities. So God first, you know, family second or, yeah, or, yeah. or church second, you yeah. know, um, and then family or church third, and then, you know, on down the list. And I began thinking, wow, that, that, that pits you against all these different things, you know, in, in this impossible dilemma, Yeah, you, you know, exactly. and, but, but what I read through this is we get rid of that whole you know, paradigm of priorities and say, Christ is the priority in all things. Yes. Yeah. You know, so whether, whether it's, you know, my relationship with God, he's my priority. Mm-hmm. It, whether it's my relationship with my, my, my wife, my kids, my family, he is the priority. You know, whether it's my relationship with the church and my role in, in service and he is my, so whatever or the workplace I'm, or, or, you know, my finances or my leisure, even, I think that's exactly, a big one too. It's like, ex- yeah, yeah all, I, I love that. I love that. It's, it's a much more manageable, um, thing that we can, it, it's, it's, it, it, I think it's a freedom producing paradigm to yeah, look at yeah. because we, I think we can all kind of imagine, okay, what does it look like if I put Christ in the center of my job? If I put Christ in the center of all of my relationships, that's something that is much more attainable than, than this weird kind of hierarchy. Um, I think it puts us in, like you said, an impossible, you know, it, it puts us at crossroads that are impossible to, to right. navigate. And so, yeah, I just, I love that idea. And, um, you know, I would love to hear, um, beholders, we, we would love to hear from you, you know, uh, I think particularly with the workplace issue, and I know there's a lot of people who listen to our show who their workplace is in the public sector, and I know that that is there. There's many of you that are facing in, increasing hostility towards your, um, you know, you, you as a follower of Christ and just the the values and um, morals and truths that you hold. And so we would love to hear from you. How, how do you do that in your workplace? And take, take time to write us a note or send us a voice memo because, you know, for us, we, uh, we, we work in the church, you know, <laughs> and that, that obviously, per, uh, you know, presents challenges um, that are unique. But many times we don't hear the testimonies of people out there in, um, in the workplace, in the corporate world or um, in the public sector. Just, you know, how do you... Um, like I love what it says, like in, they wor- work hard in the Lord or they do, they, they work heartily as unto the Lord. Um, how do you do that? How do you, how are you salt and light in your workplace? We'd love to hear from you guys. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. And just to tack onto that, maybe if some of you would be so bold, if that wasn't always super easy for you and now it is, what made that happen? You know, what risk did you take? You felt like you were taking that now you feel more free to do that. Cause I think a lot of times when we're talking about, you know, doing work in Christ, it feels so intimidating. And we've talked about that on the podcast, you know, but just 
there's such a mental block sometimes with being able to attribute things to Christ in your workplace. And we understand the hostility you may face. But in reality, so often it's not a big deal. You know, so many of you have said that to us of, yeah, I was so fearful. And then I just said one day, you know, the reason why I'm doing this is because Jesus saved me. And it actually was a totally pleasant and actually maybe impactful encounter with whoever you're talking to. So anyways, if that's you out there, we'd love to hear about it so we can share with others. Yeah. For those of you who weren't in the worship services Sunday, we, we had an opportunity after the message to just reflect on what we had just heard. And it was powerful, you know, just to have silent moments, which with a lot of us are, are challenging enough to come by, <laughs> you know, and for that to be given to us, you know, on a, on a silver platter was, was, is always wonderful. It's always, you know, a, just a, a refreshing opportunity. Um, and we, we took question two, which says, in what ways do you see your life thriving in Christ? In what areas is growth needed? Identify one area to focus on this coming week. And then we were given the statement, own your identity. And then in parentheses, but we could have put in Christ. Yeah. 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 So, uh, well, don't leave us hanging, you know, Tim, what, well, I just, I just started what would writing. would you put for yourself? Yeah. Well, I just started writing, you know, I, you know, I, 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 I treasure you. I trust you. I am motivated to, to serve you. I'm motivated to seek you. I will follow you regardless you know, um, and then just writing some things down. You know, I want to to make a greater commitment to memorizing the word more consistently. You know, I, I want to become more effective in in expressing the truths of the gospel. You know, in in a variety of settings, with 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 clarity, with compassion. You know, and, and with conviction. Anyway, just just some of the thoughts that I was writing down as I had those moments to just ponder that that question. Yeah, it's so good. And the 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 testimonial thing that that Charlie also shared just about how he the the habit that he's got into in the mornings each day taking that time to um, just to to think through his day and just to to game plan in a way with the Lord. And just ask the spirit, okay, what am I going to need today? Mm. You know, and, and really just having that kind of like that, that heart that's just like desperate for the Lord and that heart that is humble enough to, to realize uh, his need for the Lord. And man, I just love, I love I th- that when I think about the, the times in my life when, when I am most exemplifying this n- this identity or this, this newness of life that uh, is coming from my union with Christ. There's a, there's usually a direct correlation between how consistent am I in my time, just seeking the Lord in that, in those quiet moments. And usually it's, it's in the mornings because um, obviously there's nothing, um, I don't know, sacred or, uh, or, or, or special necessarily, but it's, there is something to, you know, starting your day a certain type of way. And there's, there is something to the stillness and the quiet. And I was even reading in Psalm 108 today and just this phrase, um, I will awake the dawn. 
um, of, of David just in, in his, in his praise and thanksgiving of God, you know, just this, this steadfastness to waking up, you know, greeting the, I'm going to get up so early. I'm going to wake up the dawn, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and just, you know, that, um, I don't know, just that poor in spirit kind of like heart to, to really tell the Lord, I need you for, for this day. Like give me my daily bread today. And, um, I just think that's so important. And obviously it's something that Christians have talked about for a long, long time, but hopefully we were challenged with it in a new way on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, just on that point, like sometimes I think about some of these charges we give a lot, like waking up in the morning and having quiet time or journaling or whatever. And it can feel so like mundane, I think, for people of like, really, you want me to get up and journal? Like, yeah, I've heard this spiel before, but that's because it's not rocket science. <laughs> you know, the Lord ordained it. He made, he told us this was the way to do life was to be renewing our minds and hearts in him. And so you're, anyways, you're right. It's not super complicated. It feels like it should be more mysterious of, of how to set your heart right. But what a beautiful thing that it's not. What a freeing thing that it's not. That as simple of a thing as waking up in the morning and and setting your heart on the Lord and diving into his word can totally transform your day. Like what a beautiful thing for that. And I'll just say um, to back up the morning part of that, of course, you know, if no, any prayer is better than no prayer. You know, if, you, if all you got is an afternoon slot, then you use that slot hard, you know. Mm. But it's just funny, like you said, that, that verse you brought up or when you think about like today's the day you've made, Lord, and I will rejoice and be glad on it. They don't say, and I did rejoice. I will rejoice. Mm. You know, it's, it's an expectation of what's going to come. And also I just say for my, my own self, you know, everyone hates waking. Well, not everyone. Tim probably doesn't, but everyone else hates getting up early in the morning. <laughs> and it is a sacrifice and it's okay to think of it that way of Lord, I will sacrifice this 10 minutes of sleep in order to be in relationship with you and to spend time with you as my yeah. father. That's an okay way to think about it. And I'll just say, they say this in cycling a lot of like early morning rides. The hardest time of the day is bed to shed, you know, getting out of your bed. Nice, and the shed. But then once nice. you're in the shed, it's great. And the same thing with this, I think hardest moment mm. is getting from bed to whatever that is, your couch, your desk, your, your reading nook. But I guarantee you, once you're there, you're going to be grateful that you did. Yeah, that's good. And, and I think one thing that is, that is not talked about enough is getting to bed earlier. Okay. It's much easier to wake up early if you go to bed early. Preach it. And uh, I think a lot of times when I when I talk to my young adult friends, they they make fun of me because you know ten o'clock, t- yeah ten o'clock <laughs> ten thirty I rolls around I'm like you know but but uh, just you know I, I've started to train myself to say I got to get to bed like Jesus is calling like he wants to meet with me tomorrow and I like I got an appointment with Jesus and I got to wake up. You know, if I, I got to go to bed so that I can wake up and be with him. And obviously, you know, if I'm on a hot date with my wife or, um, you know, if we're having, if we have friends over and, and, you know, we, we go to 11 o'clock or midnight or whatever, you know, that's, that's fine every once in a while. And you know what? I feel the freedom in Christ to sleep in every once in a while. And that's totally fine. But, you know, just this, this, uh, commitment to say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to build in these healthy patterns of sleep so that I can have my mornings with, with the Lord. It's, it, it really is a game changer. And, and let's be honest, like most of the times the hours for between 10 o'clock and 12, you know, PM or whatever, or, you know, 
those hours kind of suck anyway, right? Like we're, we're very rarely doing significant, helpful, meaningful things in those hours there. We should probably just go to bed. So <laughs> while, while, while we're on this, on this train, it, it, it's time folks. It, it is time to get back into the habit of joining the body of Christ on Sunday mornings to worship in person. Ooh. COVID is dying. Yeah. We don't have to be separated by distance. Masks are going to be burned very soon. Hallelujah. And it is time that we get back into the habit of gathering together on Sunday mornings and listen to you guys talk about that. And, you know, Dan, one thing you don't do is you don't sleep in on Sunday mornings. That's true. That is a priority for you. You're saying, I'm going to worship together with the people of God, and that will take priority over a hot date with my wife, <laughs> you yeah. know, or I'll simply say, I'll take a nap in the afternoon yeah, exactly. if I need to. Right. But folks, we need to, to revisit that. If we are... If we've gotten into the habit of saying, hey, I, I like Sunday mornings in pajamas and pancakes and, and BBC.online. <laughs> yeah. That 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 is that's that's great under certain you know situations and circumstances, uh, but the norm needs to be that we are gathering together as the people of God in the same place to see faces, to hear voices, to encourage one another, to embrace one another, to serve, you know, God in a in a family kind of setting and environment, it's time. That's good. We need to get you on uh, an Instagram. We need to clip that for Instagram right there because I think uh, that needs to go out to more than just our beholders because in a lot of ways probably, uh, yeah, it just needs to go out um, wider. We need to cast a wider net with that, Tim. So we might tap you later for that. I think we will. And yeah, just for all you guys who are listening, you beholders, you know, we understand the spectrum, you know, and some of you are still super concerned with COVID and we respect how you're feeling. However, I think the majority of people at this point who aren't coming on Sundays are just enjoying the the convenience of the live stream, you know, and hey, we love the live stream. We're working hard to provide that. <laughs> However, that's for you to get fed from the word of God that will never replace you being in community with your church family. Amen. 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 Hey, Amen. and if you don't come back, we're just going to start making the live stream really bad. <laughs> we're just going to lower the quality and, and it won't be as good to, to enjoy. We'll just do a Google translate <laughs> and have it be a, a mystery language each week. What's it going to be? <laughs> I love it. All right, guys. Well, hey, as always, if you have any questions or please, 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 if you want to give us your testimony of living out life in Christ, Reach out. You can always email any of us or text any of us or email behold at vbc.online. Or, like Tim just said, you can use this cutting, brand new instant messaging system. It's called Talking. So you can do that face-to-face on Sunday morning. (laughs) Technology, man. I know. You you should try it out. It's a COVID thing, post-COVID thing. Um, Anyways, love to do that on Sunday. So love you guys. Praying for you guys. We'll see you guys hopefully on Sunday and then next week for Behold. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.